The SPT Secret Society is open for students who are looking to make a massive change in their PT school journey with fellow SPTs from around the world through our three pillars of study habits, personal development, and finances. This is for the motivated SPT ready to take action now because you know PT school is only a couple years long. So what are you waiting for? Click the link right now in the show notes to join us in the SPT Secret Society. And get your first month free by emailing us, ecretsay, E-C-R-E-T-S-A-Y. Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Gabby. And I'm Sarah. And we are two physical therapy students on our journey to get that DPT debt free. And our vision for you is to get through PT school on your first try without any debt. Join us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Welcome to another episode of Gratitude. And today we are going to be talking about rare clinical cases. And if you are joining us on the podcast, then come on and join us in the Student Physical Therapist Network group. We go live on Fridays or Saturdays, and you can see us on video uh, during our fist pumps and meet other awesome PT students and physical therapists. So come join and we'll get to it. So weekly updates, Sarah. Weekly updates. This is week. Oh, Gabby, you just told me on the phone, but on my drive home from work, what week it was five. I think it's the end of week five. End of week five. Yep. So I've been, oh no. Yeah. I've been here for a month officially. It's actually been four weeks. Uh, I don't know. Four or five weeks. And so a month down two more to go three more to go actually (laughs) that's okay and um this has been an interesting week i'm excited to help get the clinic a little busier maybe reach out to some people to come in do some little marketing stuff and uh yeah valentine's day oh gabby valentine's day is on sunday right and i didn't think patients would do anything for it i'm at an outpatient private practice clinic and, uh, people were bringing in cookies. People were bringing in little, like the candy hearts, you know, those conversation hearts. Uh, and it was just so cute and so sweet. So not going to lie. I ate, someone brought Chick-fil-A cookies, which I didn't even know Chick-fil-A had cookies. Uh, but they were like the best chocolate chip cookies. And I ate probably three of them this week. <laughs> Confessions on the podcast, but that's my week. Gabby, how's yours? <laughs> Oh, Chick-fil-A cookies, anything like that sounds amazing. But yeah, this week was the end of week five. I, after next week, I will be halfway through my clinical. It's 12 weeks long and I am going on week six, AKA midterm CPI week for those of you who are on clinic. And we also had a Valentine's exchange. It was actually really fun. They got us little mailboxes. And so we all brought little treats for everyone and, uh, we got little Valentine's. So it was fun. It was a good Valentine's week. <laughs> for that me is too. so cute. Yeah. You guys, if you're in clinic right now or in class, do you guys do anything? What have you guys done for Valentine's day? 
if anything, honestly, it's just kind of an excuse to celebrate, right? Whether it's, you know, romantic or just love in general, right? So it's been interesting. And I want to send or just send, <laughs> send you guys some updates here too. We actually have a weekly email. I don't know if you guys have been on it, but down below, have you been on the weekly email? It's been probably a year now, a year and a half. About a year. Yeah. About, that yeah, a year and a half been doing weekly emails just to give you guys like updates on episodes that have come out, um, other courses or free challenges, um, helpful, random tips, questions, other stuff. And this week we've added a little something new. So I want to share my screen so you guys can see, Ooh, get a little sneak peek into the email. So this is for this week. This is what we've got. So we have this new thing. We have merch of the month. Some of you guys have been asking about, oh, like, do you guys have a store? Where can I get merchandise? Here's where you can get it. Uh, we do have a store. And in your inbox, if you sign up for the weekly emails every month, we'll send out a coupon code for a specific merch of the month. And this is our mug merch of the month. You just click on this little link, use the code M-O-N-M-O-T-M, merch of the month. And this is the number two. Um, and it's this one right here, a little mug. Oh, we have Not to read what mug. it says. I know it's this, it's this mug. So it says a determined, passionate. Okay. It says student physical therapist at the top. For those of you who are listening and can't see, it's kind of like in a dictionary when you're looking it up and it tells you how to spell it at the bottom. And it says a determined, passionate, lifelong learner and movement expert in training period with like a number one next to it. And then number two pays six figures to take exams and practices for free to get a piece of paper. That's number two. <laughs> Is that not relatable or what? <laughs> oh, so relatable. So if you guys are interested, go check out the merch of the month and you can go to inbox. the link. Yeah. In your inbox, go to our link put in the code and we will put it in the show notes. And then we also have funny memes from our, one of our sponsors, physio memes. So the PT dad jokes, let's just do it for today. What did the <laughs> clinical instructor in the acute care setting say to the student when they asked, what do I need to get to help the, to help change this patient? For those of you who are like, what does that mean? They mean change this patient. They mean change their, like they went to the bathroom or had a bowel movement or something. How do you, what do I need to get to help change this patient? Depends. Ah. <laughs> oh, PT dad, dad jokes brought to you by physio memes makes li make life humorous. That was a good one. That was a good one. So in your inbox, you'll get a new one every week too. So you've got the merch of the month. You've got a little dad joke. You've got a link to join the student physical therapist network group. If you haven't already or a little episodes of the week. And I actually included links this time. So you guys can click on this and it will go directly to the episode. So you can listen and you don't have to like search for it on whatever platform you listen and you can listen anywhere, Spotify, iTunes. I don't know where you guys listen to the podcast. There's so many places. Um, you can just click on it there. We have our little word of the month, which is passion. And I added a rare clinical case, which we're going to talk about today. So you can save these for later. I even put a link to an article that I found when I was trying to search about this, because when I was in the evaluation with my CI for this patient, because it was a pretty complex, like medical history and it was a rare case. So he kind of took the lead on it and then we kind of teamed up with it. So I found this 
And the rare clinical case for this week is um, hemiplegic migraines. And Gabby actually already had an experience with a patient with this. Um, Gabby, do you want to like give a quick summary on your patient first, and then we'll go into kind of what this article talks about and kind of what my patient presented with? Yeah, that would be great. So to give you guys a little background, this was from my previous clinical rotation that was 12 weeks long in outpatient uh, ortho. And we had this patient come in and she presented what looked like a stroke, you know, right side hemi, um, hemiparesis. And she, uh, she actually had a procedure done and previously, you know, no significant past medical history. Um, and she had a procedure done and the, after that was done, she woke up and she couldn't feel half of her, you know, one side of her body. So they did, you know, diagnostic imaging, nothing came back and she came to us. Um, and you know, we, I remember day one, we did, you know, a lot of the not typical, but you might do a Berg or a Tinetti, some sort of balance, um, uh, measure. And so we did those, but the more we got into it, her neurologist didn't know what was going on. They weren't giving her straight answers and she would just have flare-ups where she would have a really bad migraine. It would be only on one side. Um, her, you know, her right side of her body, I would say was flaccid. She didn't have spasticity and she had these audacious goals of wanting to be able to run and walk a few miles. So we really had to scale back and say, okay, you know, let's, let's progress slowly. And I actually didn't see her through her plan of care. Um, and the last time I saw her, she was getting better. Um, but there were some, uh, obstacles along the way, but long story short, they did diagnose her with hemiplegic migraines and it's not a permanent thing. And we can go into the article, but Sarah, I would be curious, um, from what this article is and how, like what you found in it and then your patient presentation. Yeah. So I guess I'll just talk about my patient presentation first, because this, this person was not officially diagnosed with hemiplegic migraines. She had, I'm going to tell you guys, she spent like $14,000 in the last two years trying to find what was wrong with her because she was having these stroke like experiences where the left side of her face would droop. It would go numb. Her left arm would be weak. It it was not flaccid. Uh, She would have numbness and tingling kind of along her diaphragm and um, into the left side of just like the trunk and the upper body, not really so much the lower extremities. And she would be confused. She would, she literally had this happen in front of a neurologist and the neurologist thought she was having a stroke. They sent her out. She's had so many brain scans and every single time nothing comes back at all. And she's older too. Like most of the time with hemiplegic migraines, it's younger people. I don't know, Gabby, how old was your patient? I am going to say she was in her late forties. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I don't really know from what I was reading in here. Usually it happens like in people's twenties or 
younger and usually right here, look at usually uh, frequency of attacks decreasing with age. So it was just very unusual. And she, you know, had some motor weakness, like here, if I look at the diagnostic criteria here in this article, and this was published in 2020. Yeah. December 12th, 2020. So I tried to find something that was updated because, you know, is it was a struggle to try to find some stuff on this. And so I was trying to find the diagnostic criteria for hemiplegic migraine. And this is per the international classification of headache disorders. Um, so she had to have met at least with two attacks, fulfilling criteria two and three. So an aura, which means something that happens before the headache or migraine, I mean, uh, and some people get visual auras, some people get sensory auras or speech language uh, symptoms like she did where she like couldn't speak. She had slurred speech. Um, and the thing is, it's fully re reversible motor weakness or fully reversible visual sensory and or speech language symptoms. That's the aura has to consist of one or both of the following. And then at least two of the following four for the migraine itself. So at least one aura symptom spreading gradually over at least five minutes and, or at least two symptoms occurring in succession. I can't say that word. <laughs> and then each non-motor symptom lasts five to five minutes to an hour. And the motor symptom lasts less than three days. So for her, she would have the weakness for just like a day, not even. And the non-motor symptoms would be an hour and what she was describing was maybe different. Maybe she has more than one thing going on. I don't know. But the numbness around her like diaphragm and stuff would sometimes last a few hours and the, kind of some tingling on her, the left side of her face and kind of like on her tongue. Um, and at least one aura symptom is unilateral. So for her, that was tingling on half of her face uh, and the drooping on that half. And also the aura is accompanied or followed by a headache within 30 minutes. So for her, not every time was followed by a headache, but most of the time was. So it was just like really unusual. And I like how this article broke it down into familial versus sporadic type of hemiplegic migraines. It kind of talks about both of them and hers sound like sporadic, but it could totally be familial, but she just doesn't know if anyone else has had this in her family. Question. Does she have a lot of fatigue? Like when you see her, does she? No, no. she is okay. very fit. She legitimately does Pilates several times a week. Okay. So she said aggravating factors include raising both arms over her head. Like when she does down dog, she has a Pilates chair that she uses or Pilates bench. I'm not sure which one she has Pilates stuff that she uses. So putting her both arms over her head would trigger this attack. And so she has basically stopped doing that. Um, and she also was really active, like walking around a lot. She's in her sixties. Um, and she was still working full time, but because of all this, she stopped working and she works at a funeral home. So it's a stressful job. Um, and it kind of lined up, the attacks kind of lined up when there was like a change in the job situation and she was working a lot more hours under like a different person. And then the attacks came on. So there was like a specific stressful event that happened. And actually I saw in here too, that it can be brought on by stress, lack of sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
thinking about that same thing with the patient that I was treating, she, she definitely had, you know, stress from her job and, um, you know, just being a mom of four. So, and a wife, like it's, it's a lot. And I know each of, you know, these are going to present differently, but it's really, you know, cool to see and think you could have patients like this and you never know what's going to, um, come in, but actually this differential diagnosis, um, I TIA. So for those who don't know, um, transient ischemic attack. So what that means, it's the precursor to a stroke and it's less amount of time that you get the symptoms. Um, but for hours, 24 hours. Yeah. But this is one, um, that it could be a differential, which would make sense. Yeah. And the thing with the TIA though, is they ruled it out like, cause it happened in front of a neurologist and they like went immediately and this happened multiple times. So it was kind of crazy. And also seizures is something else. They, you know, tested her for that, tried some kind of seizure medication and it was just, you know, a bunch of stuff and it's just a long time. And it's so frustrating. I imagine as a patient, you like, don't know what's happening in your body and you're trying to find answers, but even doctors don't have all the answers. And that's why it's important that she did go to multiple neurologists and that you guys advocate the best you can for your own patients when you do have them on your rotations or, you know, as a new grad. Yeah, that is huge. And one last question as things keep popping up in my head from my previous patient, did she have any deficiencies in vitamins um, or anything that she mentioned? Not that I'm aware of. So from what I understand, no. But she did have, so doing like a suboccipital release um, helped with the numbness and tingling on the left side of the face. And um, her left eye was like twitching and she was actually having some like hissing sound in her left ear, which sometimes is an aura um, before her migraine attack would happen. But it didn't happen because we did some like manual and Uh, We went through some deep breathing stuff. So when she first got, it was like between the eval and the first session after in the eval, I showed her some deep breathing stuff and she started to have the numbness and tingling in her like diaphragm all the way around her trunk. And she started doing the deep breathing and she said within 10 deep breaths, like it was completely gone, which was so interesting to me because I'm like, well, then like, how do we actually treat this? Cause all the articles, you know, there aren't that many on it are talking about medications to treat it. And I think sometimes it doesn't have to be so complicated. Treat the impairments in front of you. If that's one thing that you guys learn, I mean, you have, you may have a patient very complex who presents with all of these symptoms and, um, medical history, but you just have to take it back. And we've gone through this together. I mean, we've gone through this as students as well, but take it back. What, what are they presenting in front of you? What is their most aggravating, um, symptom and whether it's shoulder pain or if they're having any cervical dysfunction, uh, because then you're probably thinking, well, what did you guys do for treatments? You know, and at least for, for my patient, we worked on, um, at first it was more of, uh, getting her posture, right. Um, because she's, she was in a poor posture. Um, her right shoulder was more forward. Um, and she, you know, we just had to correct that first, but then as we kept on going, we did some walking, 
there was another student who worked with her as well as I was transitioning um, at the end of my time at that clinical. And they were working on fine motor tasks. We were doing some hamstring activation and gripping. So we were working on a lot, just depending on what she was presenting with that day. And I think that's really important to note, but for you guys, have you guys been doing any treatment techniques? Um, or is this like the second visit or third visit? Only the second visit. Okay. Only the second. (laughs) But I will say, I think, you know, of course posture is important, um, to an extent, but I know there's like this whole thing around posture, right? Is it really the cause of the pain? I don't know. It's never really one thing, right? It depends as we can go back to the pun of the day. And also the answer to most medical questions is it depends and it's very frustrating. So it wasn't like one thing is the answer. I think a combination of, you know, progressively loading a patient's body. Um, so her being able to start with maybe some like isometric stuff work up to, we did like just like the arm bike and getting blood flow moving and, um, doing some like basic scapular retractions, some rows, just getting her to move and her body to feel safe moving is really what we're working on right now. And I gave her like some apps recommendations for like uh, stress management. So I just said, you can use Headspace, you can use Calm, you can literally go on YouTube and just find some meditation apps because she's done it before. She likes meditating. And my eye roll, <laughs> as those of you who can't see me, I'm, I'm giving a big eye roll now because I don't fully understand this, but her barrier to meditation right now is she cannot meditate unless she is in a pool and I'm in Florida. So that's not a problem, but the problem is for Floridians it's cold right now. It's not cold today, but like in the last couple of weeks, it was quote unquote cold. So she hasn't been in her pool, uh, to meditate. So that's all I got about this one. (laughs) No, that's really interesting. And it's, you know, like I said, same diagnoses, but different presentations. And I think that's really just crazy to think, um, that we had very, you know, we had two separate patients present with this and it's rare, um, because you don't really hear about it. We didn't go over it in school. Maybe there was one slide on it, but it wasn't anything significant because it's not at least that I know of a heavy topic that they would test you on the boards. Right. And so I think it's really interesting and we'll try to put some more rare clinical cases into the email. You guys can check it out. We'd love to hear from you. Have you guys seen someone who has had hemiplegic migraines and also what other rare clinical cases do you have? So then we can all kind of understand and bookmark different things to refer back to throughout our own clinical experiences. And also as new grads coming soon, TBD. (laughs) TVD. And we'll have to do another episode. And I also right now I'm treating neuro patients with ortho and peds and more on that later, but I'll give you another rare clinical case, um, of a patient that I've been working with. And it's actually super interesting. And I'm curious to see how this progression will happen and will go. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to give people a sneak peek? What is yeah. the uh, diagnosis? So the diagnosis is juvenile multiple sclerosis. Okay. So that is, um, that is my patient and that's a sneak peek. You guys, uh, you have learned about MS in school. They do teach us that. 
however, juvenile MS is not as popular. Some of the symptoms do, uh, mirror, you know, typical MS symptoms, but, uh, this patient specifically is a, um, still a, I guess, teenager, I guess. Yeah. I guess you call them teenagers nowadays. What? Uh, it, well, he's, he's 17, almost 18. So almost, almost a grown adult, almost <laughs> a grown adult. And, um, yeah, so more on that later, but super excited, um, for everyone and hope you all are absolutely crushing it in your spring semester, wherever you may be online, hybrid in person on clinical rotations, we are rooting for you. And if you have any feedback, please share your, uh, clinical cases and, Also, you guys, we would love to hear from you because we are getting closer to a hundred thousand downloads and we would really appreciate, uh, if you guys share this out on your social medias, uh, leave us a review, tag us because we, uh, we are really excited. And I, let's see, I fully believe we are at February 12th guys. Let's make it to a hundred K in February. Oh yeah. That'll happen for yeah. sure. And of course the analytics aren't everything and we know that guys, but it's kind of exciting. Like a from the start, yeah. A little milestone from the start of PT school to now. Yeah. Which is crazy, but hope you guys have a great rest of your day and we'll see you again next week. Bye guys. Happy early Valentine's day, whatever the heck you do with it. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Gratitude. We would absolutely love to hear your biggest takeaway from this episode and share it out on all of the social media platforms and tag us so we can see it. And if you like our show, the best thing you could do is to take a minute to write a review to help us get this out to more students like you to shift the narrative away from stress and broke SPT. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast or really anyone. Physio Memes got your back with apparel, drinkwear, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous.